Sometimes we rush, rush through something um, and words that are tremendously impactful might lose the weight that they should carry. Um, so the reflection off that song is, is one of the things that I, I'll use the word testify to you. And what I mean is, or witness to you, those are hijacked church words, right? But, but really, I know this to be true, that you see things that must only be the enemy messing in our lives, right? Like, that's what Paul was explaining in some of his letters is, is there is an opposition to you walking with Christ and, and forces at play in the world that want to discourage you and, and make you feel hopeless. And there's a truth that we can stand beside those people who are walking with Jesus is that sometimes the very thing that uh, could do the most harm and seem to be for evil, God has this miraculous way of, of using it for our good. And, and that's, I experience that, do you? And I don't think if we're honest enough, we don't share it enough, then when the people next to you, around you, are in the middle of that, oh man, this is rough. This seems dark, it seems bad, it seems wrong, it's not, it's not good, uh, they'll lose hope. They'll, they'll forget to begin to look at like Jesus and say, what do you want me to do through this? So we're going through a study of the book of John. That doesn't really relate other than it's Jesus. So it always is. It's a good church answer, right? It always like goes back to Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Good job. Um, today, we're going to be in John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. So please turn in your Bibles there and follow along with me. But first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip to the very end of the book because up to this point, we've been really, this is a, a gospel, the gospel account written by the disciple, the apostle John. And he began this, you know, we talked a lot of background about who Jesus is, and now we began to talk about this John the Baptist, right? So let's go to the very end. John takes all the guesswork out of it. John, what were you thinking, man, when you wrote this? What are we supposed to be gaining from going through this letter? And he, he doesn't leave it for us to guess. But the last verse here, is he's talking about right before this, there were so many things that he witnessed Jesus do, so many things he learned from Jesus walking with him. But if he shared all of those, it couldn't be contained in one book, right? It's this idea. We see this throughout the scripture. Like, we're telling you some of the stories, but it's not all the stories. It's not every day, every interaction. And then he goes on to say in verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. I'm really good at beating around the bush, but let me just get right to it. What I want today, off this time we have together, is the section of scripture we look at. Let's use this to increase our belief in Jesus as our rescuer. And that because we believe that, we're going to have more and more life now and eternal life to come. Is that pretty clear? I can back up and come back at it again. Okay. You don't start off with all the belief you need, regardless of what people say, because it's gotten a title. But what it really is, is in this moment, do I believe that God's got this? Do I believe that God's working 
everything together for his good plan. And that doesn't mean it's my, he's satisfying my felt needs, but it is his perfect plan. And the more I believe that, the more there's this weird word called peace that comes over you. You're like, ah. It's like you feel like a knife in your gut, but you know it's going to be okay, right? Like, oh, that hurts, but yeah, like it's going to be okay. So the more that you get that, the more that you believe, the more peace you have, the more you live. So let's look at this for that. Okay. We played VBS and had a good time last week, right? So now let's, let me go back. John started in his gospel in this, this account. He talked about Jesus being the fulfillment of God's promise. And that he referred Jesus and brought Jesus back into what these people have been talking about for thousands of years. This rescue that they needed, right? So he's like, this is the guy I'm telling you about. And then he introduces John the Baptist, who who is testifying to everyone who will listen about Jesus and, and his coming to save us. How do we make this more than history? Well, let me put it to you like this. We live in a country where a lot of the people here have at least heard about the name Jesus or Christians. And they might see that as a really foolish thing, or they might see that as the hope for eternal life. But they've kind of heard about it. The stories have been circulating, right? Every year we put up green trees to celebrate his birthday. Yeah. Uh, Our culture knows that. Their culture knew that. But somebody had to say, hey, Wave their hands and say, all those stories, it's here, it's real, it's happening. And so God actually had a young man born to parents who should not have kids anymore because of their age, who, and also who have never been able to have kids. The mom, the wife's barren, and the husband's old, right? They're getting older, child, and then miraculously to a priestly family, this boy's born. And, and he's seen in the culture as this prophet. He begins to tell everyone, like, listen, let me tell you, he's here, right? So what, what happens with John is he begins in their culture to get a following, right? They didn't have social media, so you actually had to walk with him. You didn't just stay at home on your phone and be like, yeah, right? Like someone had told us once, oh, I took this tour. Oh, did you take the tour? No, I watched the video of the guy taking the tour, but... Back in those days, you'd actually have to get in the car with them and drive on the tour. And they didn't have a car, so you have to walk, right? So it's just, it, it's different, but the same. You, you're following people. So John uh, got this following of people. So John's doing like he's doing every day, and he's hanging out with the guys that are following him. And here we pick up verse 35. The next day, Again, John was standing with two of his disciples, right? Two of these people following him. And then he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Help me out. Tell me some significance. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Lamb of God. What's the significance? What's that mean? What's that? Sacrifice? Sacrifice? Okay, so why sacrifice? Yeah, the Messiah. So why, what does a sacrifice do? Atones for your sins, yeah, what would you say? 
Clean in God's eyes? Yeah. Pays for your sins. So it's that realization that I think if we're all honest, we know that we're blowing it in some way. And if we're not careful, what we love to do is point at you and exaggerate how you're blowing it in order to make ourselves feel better. But somewhere at the gut level, I mean, even at a counseling level, we find we talk with people, sometimes you get to that and you're like, I know. I know that that's wrong, but I, I did it anyway. So you get a group of people like that, and they're like, there's a way that your sins, what you've done wrong, can be paid for and covered. And all punishment can be satisfied for that. Any person in their right mind who sees that is like, yes, sign me up. I'll get the app. Okay, whatever it takes. Like, I want that. Make sense? So he's like, guess what? Look, guys, here's the guy that's going to save you. He's going to rescue you. It's this Messiah they've been talking about. It's the one sacrifice for all time. You've been killing each year and at different times sacrifices these lambs. Here is the lamb that God gave us to pay for sin forever. And then it says in verse 37, the two disciples heard this, hmm, and they followed Jesus. What's that? Peace out, John. It's been real. And I'm glad that you said that, Carrie, because here's what I'm finding again and again as I comb through these scriptures. We take something that's actually a word, right? And it could be a verb or an adjective and, or a noun, and then we uh, try to make it this proper noun or this movement or this theological construct when what it was was like a word. This is one of those words, followed Jesus. So Lamb of God. I could see why these guys, would their interest would be perked. Because they came from a Jewish background, right? And and they were waiting for this Messiah. And what kind of things did they think the Messiah was going to do? What's that? Save them. Save them? What were you going to say? Come and rule. Yeah, exactly. They thought that this dude is going to take out the Roman government who's, who's possessing our lands and taxing us and messing up life. And when he comes to town, if you want to live in the castle with him, you better get as close as possible. Right? Yeah, the entourage, right? Like, okay. So when they saw that, they're like, oh, yeah. And then they followed him. Here's what's tricky, Okay. So behold, the Lamb of God, the two disciples heard him say this. And this is the first time they heard John talk about this. He's been prophesying, speaking what was about to come, that this guy was coming. And it's like, now's the time. Let's go, right? So they followed him. Here's what's tricky. The Greek word here, man, I wish we had a different language sometimes because the English thing is really makes this difficult. But the Greek word here, Uh, actually, what it really means is one going in the same way with. So it could be a follower, a companion. The root words have to do with union, likeness, and way. So it's like, I'm trying to unite with you by going the same way you're going. This is the way it plays out, right? Starting at your age, depending on the way that you go, it's going to dictate the friends that go with you, right? Right? So just because you had a friend in kindergarten before you became like 13, 14, 15, 
You guys, your ways might be so different that you don't end up walking together anymore, even if you have great love for each other. Does that make sense? And then it carries on, and then once you get to parents' age, you almost can't have a friend who's not also running everywhere with their kids, right? And then you get, and then if you get past, you get to working age, a lot of the people you communicate with are church friends, work friends, hobby friends. We're going the same way. Does that make sense? Here's what's tricky about this. We can try to make this word sexy, but sometimes it just means you walk and I go the same way as you. And sometimes it means I completely adapt to your way of doing things. Same word. Same word. A follower, a companion. So that's the question I had to really sit on on this, is which one is this? Here's what's funny. Here's what I love what's so real about it. Okay. So these two guys are hanging with John. There comes Jesus. There's the, there's the lamb. I mean, I could imagine he's kind of like, hey, remember? And they're like, oh, yeah. They start following him. And then Jesus, right? Nothing like miraculous. He just turns around. It says, Jesus turned and saw them following and said, what are you seeking? Like, what are you looking for? What do you want? Yeah. Anyone else different? Like, what do you want? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What? Right? Like, what? Like, what's up? What's... <laughs> I love that. It's so real. And, and that's what's so cool about going back to John is like, so Lord, show us because you are all God and all man. And did he know? I'm sure he knew. Right? I, I'm sure he knew. But I love it. I love it that he's like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi which means teacher. I'm not in that culture, but I understand this. Okay, quick lesson, right? You have your kids. They grow up in this culture, if you're a Jew. They study. What do they study when they're, like, real young? Well, they speak, yeah, yeah. But what they're studying is all the Hebrew scriptures, right? Even memorizing them. Right, right? (laughs) So they're studying that, and the better the student, the more they're allowed to keep studying. The worse the student, the more they go help dad at his job. Make sense? So if your kids can keep studying, and if they can find some rabbi, and culturally, this is more than just like a teacher, but this is someone who's like, come follow me, like in the second way, adopt my way of thinking and living. So when they said rabbi to him, they're thinking, oh yeah, they're coming off being fishermen, They went to John thinking that he could make them students and he would be their rabbi. And he kept saying, yeah, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. You can be a a disciple, but eventually it's not going to be me. And now he's like, there's the guy. And they're like, we're in. Right? They think they're going to Harvard. Right? And then they say this to him, rabbi, which means our intention is that you're a rabbi. We don't quite understand that, but we want in. Does that that make sense? It's kind of like you're at Taco Bell working and then some, you know, pick a university, the guy comes in with the polo and like, I I was told if I talk to you, I can go to your school instead of have a career at Taco Bell, right? So you would go to that as a 16-year-old because you would think, I'm going to get training and have a better life. Okay. And then once he asked that, what's going on? What are you doing? What do you want? They're like, where are you staying? 
That's not creepy at all. <laughs> hey, Corey, so where are you staying? <laughs> it sounds weird to us, but once again, go back to that frame of mind. At this point, they're actually just in a literal way following. He's walking and they're walking the same direction. Their intent is to follow as far as adapt their way of living. Take me to where you live. Let me eat what you eat because I believe you have a way to live that leads to life. Do you see it? Where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. What's that mean, 10th hour? What time? Four in the afternoon? Some people say four in the afternoon, some say 10 a.m., right? So that's why I want to see kind of what you guys have been taught, depending on what they're talking about. Either way, the point is, right, they stayed the day with him for it was about the 10th hour. Now comes a great question. Who in the world are these two guys? Right? Well, thank you, John. He's about to answer it. Verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. It doesn't say who the second person is. So I can't say this with with absolute certainty. But what we find in John's account is that whenever there's a person that he doesn't say, a disciple who he doesn't mention their name, he's talking about himself. So you see there's the four brothers, right? You've got Andrew and Peter, and then you've got John. Who's John's brother? Do you remember this? James. And not Jesus' brother James. I know, it's confusing, right? Or the other James. So anyway, four brothers, fishermen, right? Small community, knew each other. Apparently, we have Andrew and we have John, who both started following John the Baptist. Probably excited to get out of the fishing business, right? And excited to see what what this Messiah was going to bring. And they wanted a house in the castle. They wanted to be part of the entourage. So they're following him. So Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. I'm going to assume that it is John, the other one. Uh, I don't know if it matters, but it makes sense. Verse 41, he first found his own brother, Simon. You see this again? He has something to tell somebody. In church so much, it's like, tell me, yeah, uh, yeah. Tracy, tell, tell me what to tell them so they would believe. You see how weird that sounds? That's not how this started. This started with like Andrew saying, man, you know, John's been talking about this guy. I found him today. I found him. So first he went to his brother Simon and said, we have found the Messiah. And it's all those things you guys talked about. It means the anointed one. It's the one that God has sent for these purposes. And they had all their definitions, but ultimately he was supposed to fulfill all the prophecy of the Old Testament that these boys memorized growing up and that they talked about each week in synagogue, right? And throughout the week. So then, then here's what's cool, is then Simon brought Peter, I mean, sorry, Andrew brought Simon Peter to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus, verse 42. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, and you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Okay. Well, Will, why are you getting excited about this? You should calm down. This is kind of lame. I've heard this before. Once again, I can't say this with certainty, but let me show you something else, okay? So let's get this. These two guys following John, 
There's the Messiah. What are you doing? Uh, where are you staying? Okay, come on. Let's, let's go. Hang the day with him. What do they do at the end of the day? What do they do at the end of the day? What do you think? What's that, eat? That's, well, I'm sure they ate. Yeah. What do they do after they ate? Well, we don't know for sure, but we know that at some point, Andrew went home, went to Peter's house. So what's, what, what I think is interesting is we kind of read all these Gospels and we think it's the same account, right? But a lot of people believe that this is actually a different account than what we see here in Matthew 4 and in Mark 1. I know you guys were kind of talking about this too, Josh, in your study on Thursdays, and I think Josh on your study on Thursdays too. So here's the idea. What's interesting is, is it's a bully. It's really a bullying tactic or tactic because we read John, and each one of you feel this tremendous pressure that the first time that you meet Jesus, it's like everything's thrown down. I'm a thousand percent in. There's never any doubt. There's never any consideration. There's never any growth. Say this prayer. Christian, saved forever, I should be perfect now. And it's really bullying because when we look at it that way, is one, it's not true, and two, it makes you feel like an epic failure compared to John. But when you look at what the scripture really says, that one ends with him leaving however long he stayed with Jesus. All it says is they stayed the day. And the word day, I looked it up to try to be smart, it didn't help, Okay. It's what I think it is. It's like the day, like, okay, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, Jesus said to them at the end of the day. And they went. They didn't just move in the first day. So then you have these accounts. Let me share one of them with you. In Mark 1, 16 through 20, let me make a side note. You got to study this on your own so you can see it for yourself. And one, one thing that we're trying to do is make sure you have an email with the church if you'd like this. Um, but, but Josh will put together like a, uh, was it sermon snapshot? What would we call it? Sermon in a nutshell, right? And he'll have a snapshot of what's going on, and you can actually see these slides. So you can go back and like say, okay, I want to make sure Will's telling me the truth, and I, the Holy Spirit is not showing me something different. But Mark, Matthew 4, Mark 1. Let me read Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. Do you see the difference already? Okay, they're, they're not hanging with John, and Peter's there. And they're fishing. And Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So wait, wait, wait a second. You mean he met Jesus, heard about who he was, followed John, and then still went to work the next day? Yes, right? Yes. Okay. Verse 19, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Do you see the subtle difference here? We look at that like Jesus was like, follow me. Dun, dun, dun. Like everything melted away. Yes, I will follow you. And then Brandon in his real life, it didn't happen like that. So Brandon must be an epic failure while Simon and Andrew are these like holy people that apparently in every painting have glowing rings around their head, right? No, that's not what happened. What, what I believe and what a lot of people believe is, yeah, right? Here Andrew's been hanging with John for a while. 
but he's hanging around that area. He's still helping dad fish, fishing with his brother, whether it was to make money or for fun or whatever, I don't know. But he had met Jesus. It's a small area. They've been hearing about the Messiah, and they probably already had this conversation. I met the Messiah. He went and met him. He's like, I will call you Peter. And then right here, it refers to him as Peter. And then now they're fishing one day, and Jesus is like, okay, now it's time. Remember the other follow where you just follow behind me to my house for dinner? No, I'm talking about follow, like go the same way and do the same thing I'm doing. Do I know for sure? No. Okay, let's, let's even make it even, let's take it another level. Okay, Luke says this. Is, and the question that I have, and it, the answer isn't necessarily life or death, but I'm curious. Luke 5, it says it like this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them, and this time they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Let, let me pause there a second, okay? Is it just a different, I mean, these are different guys, I, you know, eyewitness accounts. Is this the same thing as Mark and Matthew's account? I don't know. But watch what happens. You know, he got into their boat. And the story's a little different if they're familiar with each other than if this is just a random, like, what's this weird dude in my boat? Right? Imagine Andrew's already had dinner with Jesus. He's already been told by John, who he's been walking with for a time, like, this is the guy we've been waiting for. So when the guy shows up in the boat and he's like, hey, can I speak from your boat? Can you put out a little ways? Sure. And when he finished... You know, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master. You see that? He already saw him as one with authority. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, at, fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished by the catch of fish that they'd taken. And so also were James and John. There's the brothers again. They were in the other boat. The sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. You see that? They know each other. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Let's do, use a little silence. Okay, is the mind done spinning now? Wait for mine to... For the benefit of this conversation, I, I don't see how what John was saying is the same as those three other accounts by the language used. Well, why, 
Why is this even important? Because there's two different types of following. Probably more than two, but two I want to talk to you about. Now, culturally and everything, there's this uh, distant thought of a God, a creator that created everything, and then this, this story about his son who came and died for our sins. And then what we need is people like John the Baptist and John the disciple telling us it's true and I know him. And here's how I know it's him because here's what's happened in my life because of him. And then once you find him, the first thing you decide to do is follow him. And, and the way that looks a lot is, is maybe you uh, go to like a, a church where people are talking about him or some kind of ministry. Or, you know, you might follow him on your own through, through reading the Bible or maybe an author who talks about Jesus. But you begin to follow as in, okay, he's over there. I'm going to walk that way. Before I get too far, does that make sense? What I, what I really think is so important is we, we invite people into this life and we don't explain what it's really about. What I want to be part of and what I want all of you to be part of is, is going to be a process of growing belief over time. It always starts with that first following. I believe you enough to go to walk behind you and see where you're going. And then let's assume those are different stories, right? He goes and sees Jesus, Andrew does, tells his brother. His brother comes. They're blown away by this guy. They're fishing, right? He comes, and he's inviting them to follow him. Where did they go after that? I don't know. But then he does something so miraculous. These brothers and their partners, two other brothers, have been fishing all night, definitely in need of money, and definitely feeling hopeless because their felt needs were not being met. They were worried. They were scared. And then this, this guy they'd encountered before, who John said is the Messiah, but they're still a little bit like, yeah, I, uh. he does this miraculous thing while they're following him. And then Peter, you see, it clicks. And he goes to his knees. And he's like, you are him. You are him. I will follow you. And I'm talking... I want to go the same way with you. I want you to be my rabbi. I want you to teach me from our life together. And see, that kind of following, it requires sacrifice and giving things up. In business school, we learned about a concept called opportunity cost, and I'll bring it up right now. An opportunity cost is saying, anything I choose... I, in turn, am not choosing everything else. Right? Any of you guys, lawyer, doctor, professional, baseball player, astronaut, and president, all at the same time? No, right? Okay. 
If we follow Jesus, we can't follow someone else. Well, what's the point of all this, Will? I'm telling you these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the rescuer. He is the rescuer from the current path of your life, which is not leading you to life, to his life, which is full of life, that starts now and never ends. And if you believe him, if you trust him, if you have confidence in him, so much confidence that you will follow him as far as go the same way with him, you will have life. So here's the invitation, if you will, okay? Let me give you the testimony for me. See, I... I've been in church, man. My mom introduced me to Jesus like from day one, right? And I had Sunday school teachers, and some of them actually go to this church, oddly enough, when I was a kid, right? And, uh, and they told me about Jesus, and so, man, I was like wanting him to be my savior, and I prayed with him my entire life. And so I went to church, and I went to vacation Bible school, and I, I prayed, and I had the, you know, the envelopes, remember those? Bible read daily, worship attendance, giving, right? Like, okay, invite a friend to church. All that stuff was, was that following, right? The walk this way to where Jesus is. Where are you going? Uh, I'm at church. Okay, I'll go too, right? And we had meals. You had uh, graham crackers. If you got lucky, the cinnamon ones with fruit punch, right? Remember that? I was like, you, you did all of that. We did that, but along the way, God has shown me from being a teenager and what I went through and being a 20-year-old and a 30-year-old and now into my 40s, he's, what I'm doing is I'm believing more that all the other ways are crap. And the more that I trust his ways and let go of my own, the more life is there. So just like John and John and Andrew... I found him, guys. The one who will rescue, rescue you from you, <laughs> rescue you from your culture, rescue you from every generational habit and curse. And I'm inviting you to follow him. Maybe all you can stomach right now is, where are you going, Jesus? I'm going to go there. That's Okay. But maybe you're ready to really to drop those nets and really go after it. That's my invitation. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. And then uh, they're going to start with just some instrumental because uh, we, we're setting up. It's an opportunity to, for worship. We set up communion. Uh, the, and the point is they're coming up, but I'm getting ready to pray. Here's the invitation for you. We do this, and every time we do this, we do this in remembrance of Jesus. 
because we have this benefit. We didn't see his finished work done, right? We didn't, we didn't see, or I mean, they didn't see his finished work done. They had to trust him and follow him. And of course, we didn't get to walk in person with him. So we're even, right? But now we know from the testimony of everyone before us that Jesus, in fact, did die on the cross, but he did not stay dead. And now he's on his throne. And so we have this great privilege to come here. Whether you're like, I don't even know if I want to ask. There's there's the Lamb of God, I'm telling you. Follow him, just like John did. And you might be like, nah, not right now. I'll ask you again, so that's cool. You don't have to do it now. But maybe you're like, ah, okay, let's, let's go. And go where he's going. Maybe you're like, man... Maybe today's the day you're going to hit your knees and be like, no, it's, Lord, it's you, and I'm, I'm in. But either way, this is an intimate time that you have. So however you want to do this, on your knees, sitting down, standing, we take this, and then here, COVID-friendly and everything, right? There's, there is a wafer which, is, which represents God's body, or Jesus' body, which was broken for you, right? And then the juice, which represents Jesus' blood, which which covers and pays for and cleanses us from all our sin and unrighteousness. So as you have this time of worship, if this is helpful, come take it. Okay, let me pray. Father, we love you. And Holy Spirit, thank you for opening our eyes to the scripture every time that we read it. Well, we read it our whole lives and you just add to it and add to it to grow in our belief. And so, Jesus, my prayer right now is one of, of intercession for everyone here, as well as for myself. Lord, what we need is to be united with you, like completely and absolutely. And so, Jesus, I pray that you'd forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of all the things that we do that take us away from you and away from your life. Please forgive us, Jesus. And we just pray that your blood would wash over every one of our sins. And Lord, I pray secondly that all the people would release those sins, that they'd actually believe they could be forgiven. Because you showed me even in a new way. It is true if we confess our sins that you are faithful to forgive us, but you're also just, meaning it's the right thing for you to do, Lord. God has asked you to forgive us of our sins because of your sacrifice if we confess it. And so we can receive that, Lord, and I pray that we would just well in that right now, Lord, that we would come to you to be forgiven of our sins, to be washed clean, to be made new, so that we could follow you, Lord, with soft and open hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And Lord, I pray in this time that you would have your way and do your work in all your sons and daughters. Lord, whatever you're working on in their life, just keep doing that. Have them come to you, the Lamb of God, who rescues us and cleanses us of all of our sins. I pray this in your amazing and powerful name, Jesus. Amen.